Robin interviews musician and promoter John Cecil Price, Supreme Court shenanigans, food porn, samurai films, and the Russian version of The Avengers. All this and more on The Leftscape. Robin Renee, and you are listening to The Leftscape, The Shape of Progressive Conversation. Hi, I'm Mary McGinley. And I'm Wendy Sheridan. And uh, this uh, today is January 30th. So we're almost out of the month of January already. That kind of seemed to go back by pretty quick. Um, so <laughs> not fast uh, enough. February's coming up, uh, and that means it's going to be Black History Month. And um, during the first week of February is Children's Authors and Illustrators Week, which since I'm an aspiring children's author and illustrator, I'm uh, particularly attentive to that. And it's also Dump Your Significant Jerk Week, uh, (laughs) (laughs) which I guess you need to do so you can get someone new for Valentine's Day. Uh, I don't know. (laughs) <laughs> I think that? that is great advice, really, because, you know, I think people have this idea that, like, you need to stay in a relationship because, like, leaving it is failure. And if the person's a jerk, <laughs> especially a significant jerk, <laughs> I think that's very I, good advice. I just like it that it's on the calendar yeah. to remember <laughs> what to do. To remind you if you have a jerk in your life to dump them. Right. <laughs> Um, and also February 1st is National Freedom Day. Um, oh, I guess that's the, uh, it's to, uh, has to do with the 13th Amendment, I'm guessing. Uh, uh, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then this coming Saturday on February 2nd is Imbolc, uh, which, which uh, non-pagans know as Groundhog Day. Um, and some people know as Candlemas, right? If, if, is that yes, the Catholic yes. version, I think? I think so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, uh, it's when, uh, the light returns. It's, I notice, uh, finally that, that it's getting, I'm waking up to dawn instead of an hour before dawn. Um, it's sort of like, you're kind of noticing that we're coming out of the dark time of the year, even though we've got a few more months of cold. Um, and then on the fifth, uh, it's going to be Chinese new year which we will be welcoming the year of the pig. Mm. Um, and, and also on that day, it's a uh, national shower with a friend day. Mm. So <laughs> be sure to do that. That's a good plan. I like that. <laughs> Another thing for the calendar. And uh, there's some birthdays going on this week. First of all, on the 31st of January, we have Jackie Robinson and Portia de Rossi, who I really liked in Arrested Development. And and Allie McBeal and all the other things that she's done. And we should see more of her. Let's see what else. Oh, February 1st is Brandon Lee's birthday, karate guy. And uh, Lisa Marie Presley. And Ronda Rousey. Who's and from? Ronda Rousey. Oh, sorry. She is yeah, an she? MMA fighter, a rowdy Ronda Rousey, which oh. I know from listening to the GAR podcast um, well, back, back in the day, I am not a big 
there are a lot of things I don't know about, but I love listening to enthusiastic fans. And uh, one of the <laughs> one of those guys was uh, talking about her a lot, so that was interesting. Well, I guess is she one of those glow wrestler people, or is she after that? Uh, is I she don't. a real fighter? She's, I think she's a real. She's the real deal. Oh, wow. okay. <laughs> okay, that's cool. That's cool. I guess tough people are born on the first of February. Um, there you go. February second is Farrah Fawcett's birthday, and February third is Elizabeth Blackwell's birthday. February fourth is Alice Cooper's birthday and Rosa Parks' birthday, and it's also my brother's birthday. So I want to honor mm. him and his memory. Uh, we got to remember the guy. And let's see, February 5th is Trayvon Martin's birthday. I need to remember yes, that guy too. Remember him. Yeah. So we record this uh, week before uh, the show airs, and I got a Twitter notification literally like half an hour ago. Uh, that informed me that the Supreme Court uh, has ruled to uphold the travel ban. Um, they're letting they're letting the transgender military ban go, to go into effect. And, That's ridiculous. Uh, yeah, it is. But uh, you know, they the Republicans have stacked the court the way they wanted. Um, however, what it's it's not. It's not as bad as it sounds completely. Um, How? Uh, well, let me, let me explain. It's, I will read from the CNN article. The justices did not rule on the merits of the case, but will allow the ban to go forward while the lower courts work through it. So in other words, they, I think they just basically threw out the injunction that was in place while the lower courts worked through this, this, uh, this issue. Um, so now so now the ban is in place while the lower courts are 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 working on looking at the merits of the case um that's really and, frustrating because usually they it seems to me that usually it's the opposite where they're not going to allow something to go through until it's worked through that it's legal you know yeah and it's it's so. not apparently it's not a ban on all transgender persons from the military but it's it's fucked up because um, it has to do with if you have if you've been diagnosed with gender dysphoria, I think you're excluded from service, um, and you're allowed to serve, but you have to serve under your birth gender. So, so you if, know, so if you're not diagnosed, then you can continue to do what you do. Yeah, but you but if you're, for example, a trans man, you have to serve as a woman. Yeah, that's not. It's fucked up. Yeah. I mean, it's fucked up. But um, and there was no problem. This is like creating a problem where there was none, and even the military yes. yeah. says so. Or you it's, know, it's, ridiculous. It probably it offended. It probably offended our vice president that these people exist at all. Mm. And you know? so the this waste of potential of all these people who can do work. It's a waste of everything. It's a waste of money. It's a waste of potential. It's a waste of of goodwill and it's just disheartening you know to be you know as a non-binary person it feels like uh you know being legislated out of existence you know i'm not a military yeah. person but but the idea of well we're going to create definitions so that trans doesn't exist basically which is something that's also in the works 
Um, so that's a really and it, yeah, it it's it's demoralizing. It's and not only that, it's apparently from, this is in, also from the article, um, in 2016, there were approximately 8,980 service members that identify as transgender. Ooh. That's not, that's a lot of people. Yeah. You know, and, 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 and the Swiss is it during the Obama administration, 937 members were diagnosed with gender dysphoria and began or completed their transition. So this is, this is not an insignificant number of of servicemen and and did they look at the numbers when they did i'm sure they did they don't they don't give a shit they don't you know i i think it doesn't make any sense it makes sense if it's if it's against your worldview and you don't want these people to exist you know i i there it's it's this is this is this is the fascism coming into 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 play here you know they're they're trying to remake this country in their own image which is you know a bunch of a bunch of white people doing stuff mm. <laughs> you know a bunch of white cis cisgender heterosexual people doing stuff yeah well i want to keep an eye on this and hopefully yeah. people you know the service people and uh, and any trans identified folks can keep uh keep the reality that you do exist and you are good people and <laughs> we are good people yeah. and, and i'm uh, i'm just i'm just i'm just hoping i mean it takes apparently it takes you know an act of congress to change the number of justices permitted to be on the on the supreme court but there's there's really there is a there is a uh a process to add people to the court so i'm hoping um they got to work on that yeah well we need to we need to flip the senate to do it and it once that happens we can we can add another person or two to the court and uh and I then was, it won't matter how long kavanaugh lives i was really shocked to realize that that was the possibility like i guess i'm so used to the nine i thought that was like written in stone so it's interesting too well it's the last time they they fucked with the numbers was over was over 100 years ago so wow. yeah it feels that way but it there's there is a way to do more to i think what was it uh according to what i was just reading there were as few as six on the court and as many as 10 you think so they'd always want to have an odd number well you, generally you want to have an odd number but mm -hmm. um apparently i mean we didn't have an odd number last year yeah, that's true. Yeah, really. So, yeah. well, let's hope they can do that. But you said it's an act of Congress, and we do have the numbers in the Congress, but the Senate has to no. weigh in too. Yeah. We don't have the numbers. We have the numbers in the House. Yeah, uh, in Congress. And not the, yeah, well, the House, well, Congress is the House and Senate, it's oh. both chambers. Um, so, it's it's not an easy thing and anyway the government is still shut down um and, and i'm hoping I, I i don't know why it would be different next week but i hope it won't be shut down next week um we're getting to like a critical tipping point in um services that will not be rendered yeah and it's it's mostly going to hit everybody on public assistance mm. and uh 
No, because like WIC payments won't go out, welfare payments won't go out. Yeah, because um, it's the beginning of a new month. Right. Mm -hmm. yeah. Tax returns uh, won't go out. Maybe I don't know. I, I'm my plan is uh, I usually end up owing them money, and if the government's still shut down, why would I pay them? Yeah, mm. that's what I've been thinking too. <laughs> yeah, this is true. Yeah. Well, well, is there something joyful this week? Like maybe a puppy bowl? <laughs> <laughs> yes, you, you know, you know the answer. <laughs> I have, I have been uh, just overwhelmed by the news this week. Actually, I'm, I'm in a place where you know I pay attention. I probably, I probably pay a little bit too much attention to the news, and then I get bombarded with it. So I am looking very much forward to watching the puppy bowl on Sunday, February third. Well. Other people are watching that other bowl. <laughs> oh, it goes. I thought it goes on like afterwards. This, yeah, well, this is this is the they do a bunch of reruns of this. So if you're not interested in the other uh, sporting event that's happening, <laughs> you can watch Animal Planet. And uh, the pregame show starts at two, and then uh, they start running it. I think they they as I said they play it a bunch of times at starting at three. What do they three. do? What do the puppies do? They run around a field with lots of toys, and eventually one of them accidentally makes a touchdown. <laughs> and they count it, and they tweet about it, and it's very silly. Uh, and it's, uh, I might have a puppy puppies. bowl party. I'm not sure. <laughs> but, um, you know, I, I think sometimes I need comic relief. There's a reason that watching cats on uh, YouTube is so popular. It's just yeah. like, ah. Uh... Yeah, yeah. It's just soothing. Hi, Wendy here with an exciting new Kickstarter project. My project is called Postcards Against Fascism, and I'm raising money to produce a series of 12 politically themed postcards suitable for mailing to your elected representatives in Washington, D.C. or your state house. Project backers will get to vote on the final designs to be produced, and there is a reward level where you can be the art director and have your idea produced as one of the cards in the set. There will be links to the Kickstarter on the Leftscape social media. Sign up soon before the early bird discounts are all gone. Hello, this is Robin Renee. You can find me online at robinrenee.com. And my music is on iTunes, CD Baby, Pandora, Spotify, and elsewhere around the web. So check it out. And you can like me at facebook.com slash Fan. Tweet at me at Spirit Rock Sexy and follow me on Instagram at Robin Renee Music. I would love to hear from you. Well, this is The Leftscape, The Shape of Progressive Conversation, and I am here talking with John Cecil Price. Hi, John. Hi, Robin Renee. Good morning. <laughs> so um you are originally from delaware you make philadelphia your home you are a great guitarist and i know you've been a booking agent and done some other things and the most recent band i'm aware of you being in is the baptist preachers um so is that true like what is what do you see as the most important part of your bio how do you want to that's all accurate introduce yourself um, okay loudmouth opinionated um 
not, you know, I, I really wish I were an actual artist. I'm more of a manipulator and um, more of a huckster of unpopular thought, unpopular ideas, champion for the you know, the underground and especially the weirdo that really doesn't fit in or have any type of home. Um, queer aligned, definitely. Um, you know, a promoter of ideas, honesty, truth, acceptance, and diversity. That's the one thing that I'm, you know, in terms of not necessarily being a creative person, but being someone who is um, a promoter. Um, I bring attention to people that would never get a shot in many cases Um, and people who are really awesome, you know, people that normally are relegated to the ghetto of, you know, a basement, which isn't a bad thing. You know, basement parties are in house parties are really, really cool. But I look at, um, you know, all types of music. Uh, focusing from rock to jazz to experimental to harsh noise to the absolutely absurd and say none is no you know you know pop music can be anything you know anything you know they're all worth equal show you know awesome that's very cool well I was gonna say that we we've we've talked in the past about things um about stay in your lane politics, you know, and a lot of people say, well, if you're a musician, you should just stick to music and you don't get to talk about politics or anything else, you know, and, and it's cool that you see that as part of your mission statement is to bring out all of those opinions and, and other ideas as well as like something creative. So that's, well, that's actually I, part I, of you. I, oh God. I mean, I'm already pissed off. Stay in your lane. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, it's, 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 it's pissed off. you know, it's, I mean, cause it's, I mean, come on music. I, I, I mean, art and music, I mean, it's very simple. It's, it's storytelling in that regard. And there's storytelling of many different levels and many different varieties. And um, to be able to tell your story is a political statement in any way, shape or form, whether you know it or not. Um, everything is politicized. It doesn't mean that everything has to be argumentative or a um, contentious battle, but at the same time, I, you know, I'm interested in things that are contentious, that are argumentative about things that most people want to dismiss or people who want to say, stay in your lane. I'm interested in breaking the lanes. I'm interested in um people that don't see any lanes that don't see any levels that see intersectionality people that see acceptance tolerance and love and i i mean and it doesn't you know i mean love you know in and of itself is a very simple thing the act of love and receiving it or being able to give it and understand it and accept it that seems to be something that's very very difficult and yeah i have an agenda all right. <laughs> so I'm going to ask you some specific uh, political questions. And I, I, so on Facebook, I see some of your commentary, which I'm always intrigued by. So uh, first thing I want to know is, um, what do you think got us a Donald Trump presidency? And what will it take to shift the tide back to a healthier place in America? 
Oh, that's a loaded, you know, it's a, it's a complicated question, but let's let, let's look at it on on several levels. I'm going to give him. I call him hashtag dumbass. If you're watching my face <laughs> Facebook page, <laughs> yes, I've seen hashtag that. dumbass. I don't. Rep- I'm like the hashtag dumbass. But um, in some instances, he's quite clever, and I'll give him that. And I'll start with what may seem like a uh, compliment, a backhanded compliment. Um, Political parties are, by their nature, things that are put in place to rig elections. They rig, number one, the candidates who are chosen, and um, they rig the policy. They rig the pretty, pretty much outcomes before you even have a choice. The choice they give you has to do with the politics of a party, which has nothing to do with what's logical, what's right, what's best, what's moral, or what's better. Um, It has to do with the politics of the party. And that's always, you know, unfortunately with the two-party system, how things work regardless of political parties. Now, getting back to your question, you know, historically, you know, political parties have always been the ones who make the choice of who the candidate is, who actually gets through, who's vetted, and how they become available to the quote-unquote voters. They give you that illusion, but it's not really there. Donald Trump, other than, you know, from what I understand historically, Andrew Jackson, who happened to be the most racist president in the history of America, until Donald Trump came along. I was going to say, he's got to uh, work for his money now. <laughs> well, but Andrew Jackson, it's funny, there's parallels, you know, you had the trail of tears with him, and then yeah. you've got the caravans going on, and then you, I don't know how many children have died in the custody of Donald Trump's administration as well. I mean, there's a parallel. I was just thinking about that this morning. Um, how Sad. how much of an, if I'm allowed to say it, an a-hole, you know, Donald Trump is. Oh, you can say any word. On uh, as, as much of an ass asshole that the dumbass is. And um, Andrew Jackson, you know, in history, two of the greatest white motherfuckers in the history of the universe. Um, the similar parallels are most people are not, you know, most candidates for president are chosen by the political party, not the people. Dumbass, though, figured out how to get the people they wanted him. He's the first one who, you know, the Republican establishment didn't want jack shit to do with him. <laughs> Rightfully so. I mean, they're they're crazy, but they're, you know, but at the same time, they knew that, you know, what they get is pretty much what they have right now. But they decided to, to run with it. But he's the first guy who's been chosen by the people of the party um, since Andrew Jackson, for the most part. And, you know, the consequences have been dire for the Republican Party and dire for the nation and as well. But how did we get to this? We've never really gotten past a lot of things in American history. And, and, and you really have to look at history from slavery to colonialism to um uh, you know reconstruction to um you know the industrial revolution to uh, you know the rise of the clan and it's all been about an economic grab in terms of you know taking land from the indians taking uh slave labor which is what made america great mm. that is how america <laughs> was made great by free slave terroristic you know labor and you know, that level of exploitation and compounding that over the years, you know, through different cultures and different people, you know, I mean, right now, the, you know, Mexicans are the new Negroes, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. um, even though you want to beat them up and 
you know, use them as a political whipping post like Donald Trump does. Um, you know, we still America and your taxes and everything cheap and the economic system that we have is still built upon that slave labor. But how do we get there? It's because of these types of systems where you've always had this level of slavery, where you've always had this level of exploitation, where you've always encouraged a class system that always, you know, maybe lets in a few people here and there enough to keep people from revolting. Um, You come up with television, you come up with drugs, you come up with all types of things to keep people doped, stupid, or distracted. And, uh, you know, and, and then you have little bits of progress here and there. Um, you know, but America's always been a violent country. It's always been a country built upon class and racism. And it's always been a place where the truth is something that we've not faced up to. We've not, we've not settled the score over slavery. We mm-hmm. haven't settled the score over um, what I would call, you know, what happened with the, you know, Industrial Revolution and, uh, you know, the, the level of, um, I would say, uh, toxic masculinity that comes along with all of those other things. And, uh, you know, we've been rolling, but never acknowledging all of the things that are wrong, all of the things that needed to heal, things where we, honest to goodness, if we just said, sorry, <laughs> you know, even before you get to reparations, compensation of things yeah. and all of that and acknowledge, uh, you know, certain levels of the history that we had, but to, you know, to get to your point, it, it's not that there's not opportunity, you know, Barack Obama, you know, figured out how to get his ass elected twice, you know, but at the same time, I think, you know, what you're saying that's going on right now, it's never, it's never ended in America. It's had an ebb and a flow. And Mm -hmm. what's happened right now, especially with the, you know, the two terms of Barack Obama, and also mathematically, you know, the nature of this country is, in under 30 years, brown people are going to be the majority. It'll be a Latino speaking, Latin, Spanish speaking majority nation. Um, Blacks, Hispanics, anyone who is a person of color will be the majority in less than 30 years, probably less than 15 years. That is fucking with people, that reality. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and let's go back to history. We're, what is it, over 400 years of lies, distortion, exploitation, all of that stuff. And mathematically, you can't maintain it. <laughs> it's just, <laughs> you're going to be outnumbered if you're in that majority and, um and, and what you're seeing is privilege, especially white privilege, it's wearing thin. Mm-hmm. And you can see that. I mean, it doesn't, it, it, it doesn't take a genius to see that. Now, some people are heartened by it. They're like, yeah, <laughs> you know, and rightfully so to a certain extent. How long are you going to be on the bottom? People who've been on the bottom are coming up on the, are going to be on the top at, at some point or another. And if you've got 400 years of, patriarchy, racism, exploitation, um, just evil doing, you know, um, coming, you know, to an end, your advantages are going away and people are kind of scared of that. And that's not, but that's also an opportunity too. Mm -hmm. 
I mean, for 400 years of things that are fucked up, we can unfuck them, <laughs> you know, right. to a certain extent, I do believe, you know, and that's, you know, that's unfortunately, I mean, you know, I think Donald Trump, even though he is a dumbass, you know, he could have, if he had, he had an opportunity, a great opportunity to unfuck a lot of things, but of course he's fucked it up even more. Right, exactly. So here's the question. What is the greatest strength that progressives have right now to to make those inroads into a better situation? And what are our greatest weaknesses also? But what, what do you think right now we can do and what we have the ability to do? Well, the ability is to play to the math. Also, um, it's it's not our generation, Generation X, that's really going to be the tipping point. We might live long enough to see when things tip, actually in terms of power and money and all of that. Um, it's the kids, it's the Gen Z, it's the millennials, and especially Gen Z right now. Or if you even look at the polling, um, uh, you know, their political interest and heart and soul um, is for that equality. I mean, the thing that's really heartening about them more than anything is, I mean, all of the stuff that we kind of took as just got to live with it, blah, 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 blah. It's just how it is. Gen Z, from what we're seeing right now, especially polling data, they're like, fuck this. Mm-hmm. They're like, this is bullshit. It I see that. Now, it's amazing. It is. I mean, this is just, I mean, what are you talking about for how, I mean, they're just absolutely fed up. They don't have any patience with that. Millennials too. That's the good thing. Um, those people need to be encouraged. I think the other, the silver lining with the dumbass Donald Trump is that a lot of people, you know, I mean, the, the majority of the country has been, you know, successfully, they had been successfully, not suppressed, but diverted. You know, that's what Donald Trump's strength is right now, the diversion. He's diverting everything away from his opinion, impeachable felonies and all those other things. But, um, you know, the beautiful thing about the younger generation is they're like, oh, no, they see through all of that. Things aren't working as they normally would. People aren't as stupid. Technology, ideas, and the fact, uh, you know, in terms of income inequality, and you go and you're going to college and you have your student loan debt until you're 90, everybody is just like, this is stupid. Fuck this. And, you know, the problem, the challenge right now is dealing with our generation and the baby boomers left over. Because ironically, the people who went to Woodstock are the ones who fucked up everything. Sorry. <laughs> it's true. You did. <laughs> I'm saying it. Yeah, you born anywhere between 1940 and what was it, 1962 or so? Yeah, you guys have totally fucked it up. You gave us Enron. You gave us the financial big recession. You gave us, you know, Wall Street as it is right now. Yeah, you guys who smoked pot and dropped acid, you're the ones. Thank you. <laughs> and hashtag not all baby boomers. <laughs> not all, but honestly, I, mean. I mean, most people in but the 60s weren't radicals and all of that they went to and when they you know even the radicals they went to wall street mm-hmm. they all did and uh, you know and i mean and, and there's nothing wrong with making money there's nothing wrong with being rich there's nothing wrong with that if you're part of if you're seeing it as you know you got rich because everybody else 
sacrificed or you got over to a certain extent. You do. You know, there's no way that you're going to be a billionaire without being a bit psychopathic. (laughs) It's true. Even Oprah, she's a psychopath in a culturally acceptable way. It's true. Um, You know, but at least she's focused on giving something back. She, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's not just lip service, you know, and that's, that's the thing, you know, you can be rich, but you have to also realize that you didn't get rich by yourself just because you're great or brilliant. It took other people. Yeah. You know, and, 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 and the other thing is that, um, you know, that's where you have to, you know, the challenge is to convince other people that, uh, you know, the other isn't other, it's actually you you know, and that we're all in this together. And, you know, the other thing is you also have to look at the environment as well. That's another issue that really, really, you know, environmental concerns has to be, you know, really, really considered. And right now, even, you know, aside from all the racism and bigotry, that is the biggest rape that's happening to the nation under Donald Trump right now. Yeah. And it's very quiet. It's, we're not seeing it in the headlines or some. I mean, people do talk about it, but it is so subordinate to all the other circus that's going on. You know, the people aren't really seeing the regulations being taken away and that sort of thing. Well, the people taking away the regulations are, you know, the corporations and the corporations who are doing that are folks that sit on the board of directors of every other major corporation. And it's an incestuous thing. And when you, you analyze all of that, the news, you know, is advertiser driven. And who are the people who pay the big bucks in terms of advertiser dollars? I mean, it's a it's a wide range of industries, but it's still business, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, there's certain things, you know, you'll talk about. There's talking about something, and then there's mentioning things, and then there is a lower level of mentioning, maybe talking about it or referring to things. So <laughs> talking, mentioning, referring. And where you put things as well, because the news is entertainment now. That's, that's how it is. I mean, the mainstream news is being sold the way you sell, you know, desperate housewives. Right. So do is there a Democratic candidate you like, uh, who, your favorite to win this so far? It's early, but. I kind of look at it in, in the way it is right now. There's a um, music colleague of mine, Jay Levin. He said something really, really who is that? Jay Levin. Oh, he okay. owns Turtle Studios in Philadelphia. Right, right. And, um, you know, he said in 19, what was it, 1991, Bill Clinton was a fuck, who, who the fuck is he? Mm-hmm. And look what happened. You know, he came out of nowhere. Um, you know, there was nobody and then suddenly there will be someone. That's how it'll be. I mean, okay. I think, but I'll give you an opinionated prediction. I think... Um, several things there's top three finishers and i'll make a and i'll make a prediction two of the top three are elizabeth warren and kamala harris okay the other there's room for a black sheep underdog and i think you should watch the mayor of um the mayor of new orleans mitch landrew Mm-hmm. Um, you should look at the um, governor of Montana, I think his name is Steve Bullock, who's in charge of the uh, National Governors Association. I think the Midwest centrist Democrat, someone like that, you know, definitely, uh, you know, has a very, very good shot. However, I think there's only one truly left 
candidate out there. If you really are a lefty and you think you, you want your person, that's Sherrod Brown. He's dangerous. And I think that's the one that no one's looking at right now who could come from actually nowhere from Ohio too, which is a big, you know, um, vote rich state for electoral yeah. college votes. And he knows how to win in red states. And he is, he's pretty left. Interesting. All right. I think, yeah, oh, you we'll, can get, we'll, you can we'll get what, what, you, we'll what you had, what you found in Bernie, what everybody liked in Bernie, you can get in Sharon Brown and he could actually do it. Cool. All right. We will, we will mark that prediction. We'll see what happens. <laughs> so I have some other, um, random opinion questions, sort of rapid fire. You don't have to talk a lot about these things, but I just want to know. Me talk um, a, a less, talk less. Okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> did I say that? <laughs> no, I'm just saying this is sort of a different It's all right. No, no, no. I'm what you said you. so far is, is amazing. <laughs> and that's, that's the bulk of our, and the, and the purpose of our show. But I also want to know some other things like um, five bands you can't live without. Oh, Jesus. Fuck, that's the most difficult question you've asked me this far. <laughs> I think you answered it recently. You 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 put you posted something about some favorite some favorites. Um all right, let me see here. Um five <laughs> bands I can't live without. Well, I mean five, what I posted was you love. these are bands that I never get sick of hearing. Yeah. I mean right. and that's better. you know, I'm that's trying to give point. you a hip answer, but uh, no. The answer would be number one, well, the cult they're all their songs are in the key of d <laughs> but i never get <laughs> sick of them <laughs> they're like two three chords but they're amazing still and I, I could hear that you could force force me to listen to that and i would be in heaven the cult all the time um you know anything by the sisters of mercy any era i don't care whether it's good bad or ugly i'll always love the sisters of mercy it always comes back to that level of goth rock dark gloom um anything by new order joy division um anything by the stones they're still in my eyes even better than the beatles you know because they're just a rock and roll band and i'm always focused on rock and roll um let's see you know but i'm trying to give you something that's new that's really 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 cool However, something not quite rock, I, I, I just discovered her, and I'm not a fan of Mumford and Sons, but she's associated with them. And honest to God, I do believe everybody's always been trying to get on the level of Joni Mitchell or so. Mm. Um, that person has arrived. Her name is Laura Marling, and I'm oh, wow. really, really, really blown away by her, you know, from what she's doing you know, music. I have not heard her, so I'm excited to check um, that out. She's on, she may even be past Joni Mitchell. And I'm not kidding. People are going to kill me for saying that, but it's true. <laughs> I mean, she definitely bears it out and definitely um, check out some of her videos, especially a long form video movie that she did, which is deeply sensual, but deep, um, powerful. And, you know, it's, and it's usually, you know, stuff that I don't necessarily go for the capo, laden you know singer songwriter stuff you got to really 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 bring it for me to like that type of thing you do that <laughs> <laughs> you bring it <laughs> you know and this one i mean she's on another level but that's something i would definitely recommend and there's several other things i can't think of right now because it's not quite 12 noon oh that's good that's great uh do you have a, do you have a guilty pleasure band 
or artist? Yes, the 1975. Okay, that's cool. Um, all right, opinions about some other random things. Cargo shorts. <laughs> um, yes. Okay. Maybe it's cold outside. Oh, um, that never really affected me. I'm all right with that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, permit patty in the lake. It goes back to what we first started talking about, history of America. Uh, and this quick answer to that is she will always exist. Mm-hmm. And in fact, you'll see more of her based upon, again, the demographics. Her kind is fading. Her time is fading. So, of course, that's, an, you know, that's that whole thing about power and, uh, you know, just nasty whiteness. <laughs> it's yeah. not going to, you know, that tox, you know, toxic whiteness. That's not going to go away. And I don't think even once we have the mathematical shift, that's still going to be there because they're still going to feel entitled. And that's not going to die out for about two or three generations. I think you have another 100 years or 125 years of that resentment once the mm. flip comes and mathematically in terms of who's in charge of America. Okay. And depending on who you ask, this might also be a related question, but, well... The mummers. What do you what do you think of the mummers? <laughs> oh, oh, this is going to put me in trouble. Um, depending on who you are, it's the most embarrassing thing to explain to people who are not from Philadelphia. <laughs> and if you are from Philadelphia, you can't explain the joy of it unless you're actually there. Um, it's you know to a certain extent. There's uh, you know there's there's the part of me that's just like. I'm all for people fucking in the streets. <laughs> you know, I'm all for, <laughs> for sex anywhere, however, whatever way, and all of that. See, and that's the part you don't see on TV. <laughs> you know, no, they don't. But you know, if if you've been in South Philly, you know, which I still do own a row home down there and live there amongst you know the locals, you get that. You know, there's 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 a certain fun with it, but there's also a certain toxicity that still goes with it because, you know, don't forget, they were still doing blackface up until the 80s. You know, and the city had to, you know, take them to court to stop it. <laughs> I didn't know? know it was that recent. Yeah, oh yeah, that's quite yeah. recent. You know, that that is very, very recent. And they still did it, even, you know, and you, you'll still see it every now and then in every parade. You know, that's not something that's the, that's just the fact. That's how it is. However, you know, um, my friend Sal, who is, you know, a gay male, is a mummer now. They've opened up, you know, the mummers to LGBTQ type persons, even though I don't know if they're 100% welcome. Um, They are trying to move into the 21st century in terms of what their image is, whether, you know, you know, they're giving lip service to it and they're letting people in, but, you know, it's something that's evolving and it's a Philadelphia thing. And, you know, if you are a Philadelphian, there's always things that are fucked up. <laughs> this is, you know, and I'm not even a native, but Ben Franklin wasn't either, you know. But you learn that this is the, st- the city of extremes. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, it's an extreme one way or another. And I mean, just, you know, in, in simple words, people that you'll never see everywhere 
on every spectrum, good, bad, or ugly, take it to an extreme, and they won't exist anywhere else except in Philadelphia. They can't exist anywhere else. We we could have some interesting conversations about stuff we've seen and heard in Philly. That's that's another whole topic, I think, but it is an interesting thing. And okay, so my last real question is the burning topic: Laurel or Yanni? <laughs> Laurel or Yanni? Hmm. Um, I never really had an opinion about that either. I couldn't discern any of that. I remember that. That was a while back. I was a while back. I'm just being really silly. Okay, no worries. (laughs) No, I don't have an opinion on that one. Okay, and um, anything else you'd like to share or any projects you've got coming up, anything like that? Um, I've got a noise project that I'm going to be doing to really, you know, I call it cultural terrorism. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I'm not necessarily that, but that's the process of what it is. (laughs) That type of music. And um, I've got some pop things you know, uh, in mind, but I think, you know, this has been, you know, last few years have been, you know, really, really difficult with some health struggles and all of that and bouncing back from all of that and, and being busy in terms of booking and, um, looking to start out rocking again. I mean, you know, 2019 is going to be the year that I rock. Nice. Thank you, John C. Surprise. It is always awesome to talk to you. Well, Robin Renee, it was a pleasure. Thank you for having me and um, stay left. <laughs> Thanks. I had a conversation with Reverend Don Fortune, who is the minister at the Unitarian Universalist Congregation of the South Jersey Shore. They did the opening prayer at the recent Atlantic City women's march and we had we talked about a lot of different things uh, some surprising (laughs) and we had a great conversation actually i'm looking forward to presenting that next week on our show so um i don't cook uh when i was first married in the first year of marriage i was cooking cooking according to how my mother taught me and apparently my mother was not really a very good cook so uh, <laughs> uh, I, I'm cooking and my husband comes up behind me and I'm thinking oh he's gonna hug me you know but no he starts whispering in my ear you know you have to stir this while you're cooking it or it'll burn and then he says and turn this heat down a little bit so that that'll be nice and smooth so and he was I, backseat cooking yes he was backseat cooking. <laughs> So I just turned around and I handed him the ladle and I said, here, you can do it. And he said, okay. You know, cause, and it, apparently he likes to cook as opposed to me where I was just doing it because it had to be done and he likes cooking and he enjoys it. So for years I've been enjoying his cooking. However, when I broke my ankle um, back in September, I was laid up for a couple months uh, and uh, I could barely move. I could barely walk. And I couldn't go and get myself anything to eat. And when my husband was out, out at work, uh, he, uh, and he forgot to leave me a sandwich or something, I was kind of stuck. So I spent a lot of time hungry. And I had my laptop on me. 
and uh, were with me. So I started watching YouTube and I started watching, for some strange reason, people cooking. <laughs> and, okay. uh, and I thought maybe just if once I get to be up on my feet, maybe I'll learn to cook for myself. So I started watching YouTube and looking around, and now I know that uh, what I was looking at was what our guest last week, Carol uh, Simon Levin, called food porn, (laughs) (laughs) where you just people like to watch people cooking and stuff. So uh, I had just come upon a channel called Brothers Green Eats. And it's these two brothers who are natural cooks and they just, they're like young and in their twenties. Apparently this channel has been on for years and years. These guys have been doing it because I started watching them and watching, sometimes they're young in it, sometimes they're older. So I know that it's a newer video or less thing, but the cool thing is, is I can see that when they started it, they were all high. They were both high and they were cooking things that you'd like to eat when you're high. And I thought that was that was a really good uh, trigger or, you know, uh, gimmick uh, cooking food for high people. And (laughs) so they were hilarious. They were funny, but they they also have very nice personalities and they got along really well with each other. And it's a tiny little kitchen that they're cooking in. And they can, it's almost like a dance that they can work around each other in this teeny tiny Brooklyn kitchen (laughs) and um, cooking all sorts of things. They cook Thai food, they cook Chinese food, they cook Indian food, they cook Mexican food, anything you want to cook, they figure out how to cook. And it's, it's a lot of fun. So I think that they're awesome. And so I highly recommend the Brothers Green Eats. Then there's another one that's uh, called Flo Lum, and she's Chinese, and she cooks Chinese stuff, but she's in Vancouver, and it's kind of interesting, too. That's a little different dynamic going on there. She, she cooks, and her husband is the cameraman, but her husband keeps on butting in. Uh, <laughs> I really wish the husband would shut up and just let Flo do everything, but... And it's kind of annoying that she calls to her husband, dude. And it's just the dude wants this and the dude wants that. And I, I just feel like saying, just tell the dude to shut up. And you, <laughs> you do the wontons. You're the one who cooks. That's so, so funny. When you brought up food porn, you reminded me about an anime series, which I think could go into this, into the awesome pile. Um, Cause it's kind of literally food porn. <laughs> it's called really yeah it's called uh food wars i think it's on um it's on hulu Mm -hmm. and and uh and and there was a clip i think that was going around facebook like a few years ago uh because this woman ate a piece of this food and then it like cuts into this her internal experience of eating this food and it's very orgasmic (laughs) <laughs> um, and, and and well and, and it kind of when you watch the series it's like when the food's really good whoever is eating it seems to have an orgasm because their clothes explode off their bodies it's just, it's hilarious and and uh and well, so what was that called again because I, I want to look it up it's called food wars okay and it's on hulu 
yeah it's an it's a it's like a one season it's like a 12 episode or 24 episode anime series uh you know and it's it's basically some it takes place in some fancy uh cooking school that's very competitive so there's a there are these food battles that are going on. Ah, uh, they're like magicians, but with food. Yeah, or <laughs> samurai, like with food. I, I think I think I'm starting to finally figure out that most of these anime are kind of loosely based on on all of the samurai dramas that go on in Japan all the time. Because there's always people are always fighting, and before they, it's always a one to one fight, and there was always a lot of honor involved and everything, and they have to do a lot of speechifying before they actually start fighting each other. Hmm. <laughs> you know, like, well, my skills are very good, and yours are not. You know, it's that kind of. I love those stuff. That segments kind of in anime. It's really funny. <laughs> uh, but you know, I'm even picturing that in uh, Princess Bride when they had the sword fight. And uh, they show, but I am not left-handed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and and um, well, I guess we're getting kind of diverted into another area. But um, I also just recently watched a wonderful film um, on oh. Netflix, and it was—I'm trying to remember the name because it's about—it's about the actors who. Um, who are in those those movies those... The, yeah like the 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 lead actor in this film his his job is to basically get killed by his samurai by the by the lead samurai he's always playing like the bad guys um uh -huh. so he's he like died. the kenny yeah he's like the, like a stuntman and and uh, uh -huh. but it's a really beautiful film um <laughs> i think it's called unamasa Unamasa, and then an English word, limelight. Wow, it came back. It's Unamasa limelight, and that's on Netflix, I think. Oh, maybe it was on Amazon Prime. It's on one of those. Uh, yeah, I think you said it was on Amazon Prime. Yeah, it's Amazon Prime. Uh, yeah, yeah, I have all these services, so it's hard to keep track. Now that was I saw the trailer um, on my feed, and it like, well, this looks really interesting. So I watched it, and it's really, really good. So uh, that is an awesome film. Is it dubbed or do I have to read subtitles? It is subtitled. Okay, my eyes are not that good. Uh, well, Amazon actually lets you, uh, you have control over how big the subtitles are. Oh, that's good. And, I'll have um, to check that out. Yeah. Um, the, other, the other thing about, about dubbing, because there, there was a terrible movie, there was a movie that, was kind of like a cheesy sci-fi like a russian version of the avengers uh-huh and it, it, it's like just one of the superheroes literally turns into a bear um or sometimes he only turns into like a man's body with a bear's head and then if he gets really angry he turns into like full bear and mm -hmm. it but um the russian Hulk. It, it but it's dubbed in english and the people who did the dubbing were just terrible oh. <laughs> you know it, it just it the the voice acting in it just took it into this level of ridiculousness so mm -hmm. you can watch it for its humor value mm -hmm. I think like, Rich, like what's up tiger lily kinda <laughs> kinda um but rich walked in in the middle i mean i don't think they were intending to be funny it's just because they're just it just was Bad. not it just was not the act the voice acting did not really match 
the facial expressions of the characters. And I guess, you know, there's issues because you have to fit the English and the amount of time it took them to say it in the in the original language. And, you know, so there's a lot of challenges to it. Yeah. But I would have rather had the option to listen to it in Russian with English subtitles because I think the acting of the actors was better than the impression you get hearing it in English. Oh. Uh, so... So but you're it, not uh, recommending that movie. It depends on what movie. If you're in, if you're in the mood for a really cheesy superhero movie, then yeah, um, then it, then that's possibly awesome. Yeah, I mean, a bunch of people ended up watching it on my Facebook feed over the over a month, and it was very funny to see them find it and okay. watch it and then comment on it. And what was it called? I that I don't remember. Oh, I don't remember what the name of the movie oh, is. Everybody's gonna be mad at you. <laughs> well, we can I can Google it and we can type it up into the program notes. So if you're that um set on seeing a Russian film badly dubbed in English that's on Amazon, you have to go to our website and look it up because I don't remember the name. Okay. <laughs> Well, anyway, the food porn, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> You've been listening to the Leftscape Podcast. Find us online at leftscape.com, on Twitter at Leftscape, and on Facebook at Leftscape. The Leftscape, the shape of progressive conversation. New episodes every Wednesday. Wednesday.